everybody, welcome to MHTV, really pleased to see you today. We've got um, another really fantastic guest and we're talking about something I don't think we've spent a lot of time talking about before. So we're talking about SEND. So before we get stuck into it, before we meet our fantastic guest, let's go over to Dave so that he can tell you how you can join in tonight. Dave? Hi, yeah, thank you, Nikki. Hi, everyone. So as always, a few different ways you can join in tonight. The first one is on our Facebook page. Just head over to the side of the video and there's the comments section. Any questions, comments, please pop them in there. Uh, the other option you've got is on X, if you just use the hashtag MHTV. I'll be looking for that tonight. And again, anything that I see over there that we can bring over to the live episode, I'll do that. But without further ado, straight back to you, Nikki. Fantastic. So we're looking at Send, and we've got Matthew with us as a guest tonight. So Matthew, can you introduce yourself? Yep. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Matthew Ward, and I am the Deputy Designated Clinical Officer for SEND in NHS Kent and Medway. And I'm also um, part of the RCN subgroup where um, I represent the RCN as the, um, the specialist representative for SEND in mental health. So um, join that role as well. Yeah. So let's start off by thinking, what, what is SEND? What, what do we need to understand about that? So SEND is, um, so it, anybody can have SEND. So a, a child or young person has uh, SEND. If they have a learning difficulty or a disability, which calls for special educational provision to be made for, for him or her. So, for example, if they're uh, in school and if they're in primary school and they start to understand that they might, might need a little bit more help with their reading or their writing, um, you know, if they need extra provision, that could be uh, classed as, as, as SEN. So um, a very, very wide um, kind of pool of, people, pool of children, young people. So. Mm. so it sounds for special educational needs and disabilities. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Just checking. Just checking. But, I mean, like, it could be uh, anything from from autism. It could be ADHD. Uh, someone has a learning disability, speech and language communication needs, sensory like uh, vision or vision or hearing, mm. uh, physical disability, and obviously social and emotional mental health. Well, obviously that's the, mm. that's how they categorise it in in the SEM world. Fantastic. So, can you tell us a little bit about the um, kind of legislation that governs it and how people get diagnosed or referred? How does that happen? Yeah, so, I mean, usually um, when children and young people, or oh, sorry, initially children, mm -hmm. um, start school, they would hopefully have had what's called a, um, a two and a half year check. So you have your one year check, then you have yeah. two and a half year check. Mm -hmm. So really what they look for, the health officers at the two and a half year check, is they check the milestones and they obviously, mm -hmm. the communication, the interaction, and they look for, yeah. they look for kind of, you know, they're trained to know where to look. Mm -hmm. And if there may be a gap or, or something they may be concerned about, they may make a referral onto a paediatrician or they may obviously make referrals onto an appropriate service. Yeah. And this is where, you know, a lot of the journeys begin. So this is where the local authority will then be notified. So then obviously they have to plan for their future education. So therefore, um, schools will have their understanding of who's coming into their in, in, into their schools and mm -hmm. if they need to address certain needs. For example, if there was a particular year group that had a certain need, uh, they could obviously address that across across the across the uh, you know, the the local patch or even the national patch. So mm -hmm. it really is a journey that can start anywhere. Um, so we could obviously talk about brain injury that can happen at any age, um, and that can be traumatic. It can be really really debilitating. So it really can start anywhere. But usually we 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 find it starts at that very early age, um, and not, you know it can really be obviously at birth. There could be complications which would um, make 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 uh, professionals 
earlier, um, even earlier, mm. aware that there will be complications with learning in the future. Mm. So it sounds like that they, you have quite long journeys with people then. They're with you for a reasonable amount of time. Definitely, yes. So um, coming through nurseries, obviously, we find a lot of uh, information comes through there. Mm -hmm. uh, preschools, we tend to try and ensure that children who do not attend um, settings before school, yeah. they are identified. And that is mainly through mm -hmm. that two and a half year check. Mm -hmm. um, but any health professionals that engage with a, ch with a child uh, before they start school, if they have any indication or any concerns that they may have SEN, they will gain con consent from the parent, mm -hmm. um, go through the process and uh, what is called a early identification and notification to the local authority which will then mm. allow the local authority to have knowledge of that child and their needs to help them prepare for their school life when they start at five because what we really want to avoid is children uh, beginning school at five years old um, who have quite significant needs and school being unaware of, of those yeah. and them not being able to prepare for their education to give them the best start. Mm. No, absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit about how the, this overlaps into mental health in a bit, but um, I noticed you've got kind of like this tag about send being everybody's business. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we kind of come up with this tagline, send is everybody's mm. business, because it really, you know, you really can in, engage with anybody who has mm. send um, and, and really not know. It's not it's not yeah. something that's always visible. It's not something you'd, you'd, you'd know point. somebody always has. So it really really does um come into every everyday life you can mm. work in any in any building in, in any organization and work with somebody that has SEN and not even know um it really is kind of one of those where you know it, and it is everybody's business because mm. you know we really all, all, always want to be empowering people uh, and ensuring that people can meet their aspirations can yeah. you know can have positive um, life experiences and if we are if we have that awareness and if we can understand that send is everybody's business mm -hmm. we can always contribute to those aspirations and ensuring that you know children young people anybody that has uh, SEN or any disability mm -hmm. we can ensure that we're facilitating their progress and just trying to give them the best start or best progress that they can possibly have mm -hmm. um, so something that you may obviously find interesting is is that you know when when you ask about who could have send um so many people uh, that we know that we know in our everyday lives so for example if you go to the cinema you'll see Jim Carrey yes. he he spoke quite openly about his mm. ADHD diagnosis mm. and obviously when you when you watch him and when you kind of watch how he interacts with people his films you can kind of understand that yes mm. you, 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 you'd make that connection mm. um, however there's a gentleman called Tom Stortman um, he's the two-year running um, world's heavy world's world's strongest man okay. he has a diagnosis of autism now, obviously, his aspirations as a child may have been to be the world's strongest man, or it may have been to fire, to be a fireman. It, it, you know, mm. his aspirations as a child may have been completely different. Yeah. But he's shown that he can achieve amazing things yeah. with, you know, having having SEN. Um, Stevie mm. Wonder, mm. he's you know one of the most talented musicians the world has ever seen, and he's got sensory um, sensory. Uh, blindness yeah so i'm sure everybody watches those um shows you'll find them mainly on on um channels like dave where you've got rosie jones yeah. she's got a cerebral palsy and she presents herself so well she's so Hilarious. engaging and funny yeah. and she really kind of you know controls controls conversations and situations and you mm -hmm. know she's like a real um advertisement that that 
you can achieve great things um you know and, and if mm. you put your mind to it you can achieve your aspirations whatever they may be at a young age if they change mm. you know and and as professionals we're there to support them and we can empower them and i think it's really important to understand that we have an impact on their upbringing we have an impact on their on their mm. early life and their futures and you know by being positive by understanding their needs we can really have a positive impact and help them grow mm. and accomplish their aspirations whatever they may be and whatever they change to be yeah i mean you said a lot of really interesting things there i mean i suppose the things that really stand out to me is how big your job is you know the range of people can be mildly impaired to very much so it can be physical mental um to do with how people process information um <clears throat> it can be visible and absolutely not i mean that's both the worst case scenario would be people going into school without schools being aware and being disciplined or failing to, to, to thrive because of their actual symptoms. And that'd be a, probably the worst case scenario. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the, the recent data has shown that, that the increase in, in, in need has, has grown significantly. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in, in 2010, between 2010 and 2023, um, the amount of VHCPs has grown so significantly i mean there's now bacp what was that yeah so it's an educational health and care plan sorry so it's it's that's a needs assessment process so um so not not everybody with 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 sen has it so the so the um the percentage of children and young people with sen is is in in is it that we know is it that we've noticed more is that the numbers are actually increasing I, I think it's, it's it's a bit of both. Um, so obviously, because it is increasing every year, every time there's, there's a new data stream, you know, we find an increase. So the current percentage of children with SEN, uh, children young people with SEN, is seventeen point three, and that's wow. up from sixteen point six from from last year. So yeah. the percentage of children and young people in an educational setting with an educational health and care plan yeah. is four point three percent. So when you really think about it, that's more than four children out of every hundred mm. that have mm. an educational health and care plan. Mm. So and the, and this that that's increased significantly as well. Mm. Um, SEN support is uh, can, continues to rise, and autism continues to be the primary need for children with an EHCP. That's so, really interesting. I um, thought that. I thought ADHD, but yeah, that's that's a, yeah that that's it's, it's the neurodevelop yeah the, the ND the neurodevelopmental um, mm -hmm. conditions um, and speech and language and communication needs remain the most common type of need for SEN support, and that's mm -hmm. closely followed by um, social emotional mental health. So that's how obviously mm -hmm. you know um, social emotional mental health within the EHCP within mm -hmm. the needs process and assessment has its own category. So there are four categories, mm -hmm. and social emotional mental health has its own because the link is so strong because you know anxiety low mood they are so linked um, and we find that when when you know we, we speak to children young people um mm. in and out of their educational settings so uh, we find that we gain a lot from the voice of the child and young person and we're really trying to expand on how we gain that we're really trying mm. to improve and and develop new ways of getting that and i think the recent changes have helped us um especially with social media especially mm -hmm. with new ways of gaining information we can really kind of go in and and get you know their voice and that's what we're really targeting at the moment we're really mm -hmm. looking to get their voice and hopefully mm -hmm. we can improve our services through their eyes and really mm -hmm. see from their feedback how they're feeling and how they're seeing it we can really make positive change mm -hmm. um, and that that that's not just in in um, SEN that's in all services so um, we're doing that for the mental health team so CAMS 
and all the community services as well. So we're really trying to ensure that the voices of the children and young people are heard. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that I think you're right. You know, this idea that it, it being it growing is about I think us being better able to see it because I'm sure the same amount of people just struggled and weren't helped before or left school early, didn't thrive yeah. or were put into different types of schooling. So that kind of situation was like siphoned off. Yeah, and of course, uh, obviously, that's a massive subject all the time, but the pandemic really didn't help. So, yeah. so tell us a little bit noticed, about that. What happened with the pandemic? So what we noticed was there was a dramatic increase in referrals for the MD pathway, so <clears throat> ADHD and autism. Yeah. And it, I think what it really came from was obviously children and young people were spending so much more time at home. Parents and, and, and families, carers were having to do the education, um, you know, it's an incredibly tough job um yeah. not everybody is great at it and you know everybody did the best they absolutely absolutely absolute yeah. best they could but i think what parents and carers were finding is that you know sometimes their, their that engagement wasn't there they were really starting to understand the concerns that teachers may have been having and that yeah. really increased that um that that referral uh, mm -hmm. rate um so what we saw there was you know a real increase there increased the wait time and obviously as you know yeah and, and that increase uh, in need for the service mm. has kind of you know move on a few years we've now got an issue where we've got anxiety and school avoidance so where mm. children and young people got used to being at home so much and not having mm. to go out and not being out there's that anxiety about going to school so there's children and young people refusing to go to school which is causing mm. its own concerns mm. And then we follow even further on from that. Um, and obviously social media, like I praised it for just now, really kind of has its hindrances as well. Um, yeah. So at the moment, especially, especially TikTok, we're finding that one of the issues with TikTok is that, um, you know, as much as we want people to feel accepted, we really want to champion people who are, um, who, 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 have, who have uh, educational needs. But there seems to be this desire at the moment for an ADHD diagnosis specifically yeah. um it's kind of seen on TikTok and it's it's, it's promoted and absolutely if, if if you do have symptoms and, and you know it does have an effect on you absolutely you need to go and get diagnosed and you obviously seek, seek the help but the desire for the diagnosis has not only increased that need yeah. for assessment and that assessment but now there is an ADHD medication shortage yeah. which is now having the other effect of children in schools being put on a reduced timetable because the schools can't manage them because they're not on the medication. So this snowball effect has gone from, you know, that, that increase in referral rate and that increase in need to this mm -hmm. uh, you know, complete complete circle going back to the children where they're unable to, to mm -hmm. attend school for, for a full-time programme because the lack of medication is available. So We were not going to say Brexit. We're not. <laughs> no, I haven't got anything prepared. <laughs> but I mean, it's interesting. I think you, other people have mentioned before um, in CAMS from that perspective of um, an ADHD diagnosis becoming des a desirable thing, which is really interesting. It's really counterintuitive, isn't it? Because you think everybody wants to be the same at that age. But I guess as well, if you feel like when as you're developing, as if you feel that, you don't fit in, which is how most people feel. If you feel awkward, if you're finding a, something boring to learn, I can understand how you might think, oh, this is not 
just how people are in school, child prison. <laughs> it's about um, them. There's something different about me than I need a diagnosis. And it's a really strange thing, isn't it? That it's become a desirable experience to have. Yeah, <clears throat> and I, I agree. And I think it's come from, you know, that similar, that, that social need of, belonging so mm -hmm. it's that I don't fit in you know, I don't feel like I yeah. fit in here you know? yeah. and addressing those 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 concerns that people have that they're mm -hmm. that they're worried about that they feel that makes them different and I think I feel it just kind of gives people an acknowledgement and and something to connect with and something mm -hmm. that gives them that explanation it's that yeah. oh this is why I feel like I do this is why yeah. I struggle with yeah. this yeah. and you know it's absolutely vital that people gain and and, and have um you know acceptance from 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 themselves yeah um yeah. but obviously there is there are other everybody's different in their own way people learn differently people engage differently so i guess it's just kind of you know with the social media spin on it has made yeah. it that more kind of more desirable diagnosis yeah. so it's interesting um dave have you got your have you you got a question then i have actually and it kind of links into what you've just been saying there matthew and i, I suppose and any thoughts uh, that kind of link between, you know, the need that people have for a diagnosis, because without a diagnosis, support resources don't follow. Uh, and then the other thing uh, that I, I'm fascinated by is uh, things like, you know, someone waiting for an autism diagnosis, not being able to get travel insurance or travel insurance, you know, premiums going up massively because of autism diagnoses. And, and again, you know, that kind of, the, the discrimination that people fa face for having uh, special educational needs uh, and actually it'll, it'll cost them more money in their life because of it <clears throat> yes de definitely and, and one one thing that we're really trying to steer away from is that kind of diagnosis based um, provision so we're really trying to ensure that everything is needs based we're really trying to zone in on looking at the needs so <clears throat> really coming away from basing the diagnosis with with provision it's that what 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 are the needs what does this child or young person need how do we meet need and you know not not addressing it all because of a diagnosis and just trying to make sure that that they're getting what what they require without mm. the need for a diagnosis mm. which obviously that's that's something we're trying to build uh, on right now but i wasn't mm. aware that it cost more for travel insurance for example because of an autism diagnosis that's that's obviously that's quite concerning for some people as well and obviously yeah. especially with the with the with the, um, with the current climate as well yeah and, and i suppose what have you got any comments on about kind of the differences between health and education so you know if if health is trying to aim more for a, a needs-led rather than a diagnosis-led service is education at the same place as health in that is it further forward and more positive or is it more aggressive so it's all it all follows so um the send um transformation plan which came out in march 2023 um it's called the send uh, send ap transformation plan right support right place right time so what it really looks at is it looks at local areas so areas as a whole so social care health education um so the integrated care service as a whole it really looks um for the services provided to be to be fair, to be well-funded, to uh, empower everybody, and to be, um, be, be, be child and young person-led and, and focused. So everybody is on the same plan. Um, mm -hmm. And you can you can find this. Um, it is 100 pages long. 
So it is one of those where it's not just a quick bedtime read. Um, there is a shortened version as well. So if you'd rather read a version that has been kind of reduced to, to a people's reading in short amount of time, you can find that. It's on the government website, but it's called the uh, Send an AP Transformation Plan. Right support, right place, right time. And that's what we're working off at the moment. That's um, And obviously, as, as well as the new spending, uh, spend, send inspection framework yeah. that came out in January 2023. And that's something that um, we are looking at in Medway at the moment because we are due an inspection. They could turn up any uh, week now. We're just waiting for that Monday where we get that notification. Um, and then we're you know, um, obviously going to be under inspection. Yeah. So we we're working towards that at the moment, and that's all you know. Very focused on leadership, being heavily involved, ambitious for children and young people with send, um, and that's across education, health, and social care. Mm. And it really is about inclusion and just ensuring again that the child and young, young person's voices are heard. It really is very focused on on, on them now, and it, that's really important mm. that we kind of drive and maintain that 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 they're creating their own services and they're happy in what we're doing because, you know, we need to make sure that, you know, we're, we're, we're getting them the right, right help and, and that they're able to engage because if mm. they're not, then, you know, we're not doing it right. So Yeah. And there's so much in here that I can see is really relevant. I think for probably all health professionals, but there's a particular overlap with, with mental health, obviously, and that's what your role is based on. Could you tell us a little bit about that? How does it link to, to low mood, for example? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of the a lot of children and young people who have, um, for example, ADHD or, or, or autism, um, will have um, symptoms of anxiety, low mood, uh, as um, as as a secondary symptom of, of of that diagnosis. And also, you'll find that children and young people who have um, kind of uh, speech and language communication needs or additional needs will find as they grow older that they'll start to recognize a difference and they'll start to recognize things that they may need that other people don't or mm -hmm. things that they're struggling with so that kind of creeps in and causes low mood as well so and there is um, a link between between um, SC, uh, special education needs and low mood and anxiety and it's very prevalent with um with uh, autism mm -hmm. and ADHD but mainly autism so mm -hmm. It really does have that effect on on children, young people, kind of engaging and um, kind of thriving in the community as well. Mm. There's a real need, isn't there, when you when you talk about the numbers as well, and the fact that presumably there are people who are experiencing similar issues, but a, a subtherapeutic, a, a lower level that perhaps people aren't picking up on. We really maybe need to think about our education system, which is still so Victorian in its approach, and think about a little bit more holistically about almost like universal precautions you know in the same way that you know we used to like pick people who we would go and put gloves on with and then we're like actually just wear gloves and like the way we educate people there's lots of things that are part and parcel of everyday education that people don't even question mm -hmm. from the way that people are disciplined to the way that they're assessed to the expectations of people sitting down all the, all these things that that just happen because they've always happened that actually if we were thinking about what should a modern education look like that's as inclusive as possible, we would do very differently, I think. Absolutely, yes. And, and you're right in, in the fact that with, with the assessment of, of children and young people, obviously take mm. GCSEs for an example, mm. everybody has the same paper. Um, yeah. And that, from, that was my experience when I was in school and, mm. uh, and obviously family as well that went to school after before me. Um, but obviously before then it was O-levels. So mm. everybody's got to be based on the same um 
kind of same same completion mm. and obviously absolutely people get more time to mm. complete it or they get additional support mm. but you know education could be based on people's progression um how how they perceive things how they engage you know their own you know because not mm. not everybody wants to do the same thing and when obviously like we just like we spoke about earlier there's we've got mm. actors we've got people who are mm. um on, on, on television in different ways we've got musicians mm. everybody is different and, and in their own way they have their own ambition so mm. you know obviously we as health professionals don't have obviously we, we can't have too much um the weight on the kind of educational side of things so and a good example would be that um if a child or young person uh, is felt to need an educational health and care plan this can be applied for but it can only be applied for by four um for for kind of for it could either be the child or young person themselves yeah it could be the family or carer sure um it could be the school yeah. Or it could be a legal representative okay. of the family. It cannot be a health health professional. It cannot be a health professional that makes that application or recommendation. Mm-hmm. And health professionals really are not supposed to be recommending uh, EHCPs or any educational provisions or um, kind of settings. So, mm-hmm. for example, when a when a paediatrician um, or, or a, a psychiatrist does a report, um, and in the plan, sometimes they may write parents who apply for an EHCP we cannot be doing that that's really we we um shouldn't be that's considered out of our remit as health professionals um so we, it feels like the logical step doesn't it like oh i'm seeing yeah. symptoms here we should do something about that but you can say we're seeing yeah. symptoms but you can't then say it would be smart to start the plan yes and, and sometimes they'll you know you'll find that i mean you'll find that a gp may be under pressure from from a family who are really struggling to yeah. you know to, to try and make that step and you know it, it can be tough because you know you, you have to say I, I it's out of my remit i can't recommend that um so yeah and, and yeah we really have to uh, ensure that, that as health professionals we don't recommend educational settings provisions or yeah. an exp and we really have to i can see now you said it that way i can see why education might not like that <laughs> yeah because like we wouldn't be taking anything from them would we really yeah but, i mean they always the say it's like um a teacher recommending a medication for a child it's, it's kind of you know that's an extreme but yeah no <laughs> but, yeah. do you go like yeah that's so interesting isn't it because again it's that we always struggle with partnership working or the retentions always what it is so what's the learning around so we know that sort of low mood may accompany these experiences and we know that a lot of issues in cams came up around heightened anxiety suicidality for young people during pandemic times so and that's that's caused all these rolling kind of pressures on the system and it's been a a time of tragedy and learning so now we're sort of like a little bit further on what's the impact now so the impact now obviously on on mental health services is that increased demand um you know and and you find reduced capacity as well i know um you know i've seen my mental health health nurse myself uh, having a lot of interaction and engagement with with the cams teams in kent and medway i know nationally that that the mental health nurses and all mental health staff are doing the absolute best they can and it's a real struggle at the moment because everybody wants to do their utmost and their best for children and young people and everybody they meet but mm. how we how we can't we, we are restricted sometimes by capacity by resource 
Um, and I think at the moment the demand is so high and the capacity has, has either remained or, or decreased that it's having that strain and that effect on professionals where it's actually having that role and effect where mental health nurses are leaving the profession to go and do something else or yeah. it's stopping people from engaging in the profession completely they're leaving the training halfway through so we really kind of need to increase the capacity and, and yeah. you know champion what we do because what we do is amazing um yeah. you know amazing people doing amazing things and you know we really are people that you know every everybody that works in mental health services is is fantastic and, and does it to help mm. you know that yeah. you know be it children young people be it be it people who are at the other stage of their life you know we're mm. we're all people that want to help that's why we do it and mm. you know to, to understand that people are having to leave the profession due to stress due to due to you know these these pressures mm. you know it, it's quite concerning and, and yeah heartbreaking mm. because mm. you know you know we're a we're a special group of people who really have the ability to do you know amazing things yeah. um so, so yeah change and people's lives for sure definitely definitely and cool. so i just to say when when um our involvement with children and young people is important because i know obviously i've just said that you can't yeah. recommend an ehcp um, yeah. an educational needs assessment mm -hmm. but if you are um having involvement with a child a young person who um is going through that process you will be asked to provide uh, what's called health advice okay. um, and you get six weeks to provide that so the local authority will request that you provide mm. um, health advice on this child within mm. six weeks mm. and within that what we really need to see is the child needs and how it impacts them their long-term outcomes to meet their needs and the provision to achieve the outcomes mm. what we really find is that sometimes people will get an email or get a notification and they'll go oh it's a legal process oh it's a strategy duty and then they'll their heart rate will increase and they'll, <laughs> and, and then they'll end up putting too much into it or you know yeah. things don't make sense mm. it's you know what we, what we just want to really kind of you know ensure people that it really is just the child needs how it impacts them their long-term outcomes to meet their needs and the provision it's all stuff that you've already got you'll already have it on your on your on your, on your notes you'll you know you yeah. you'll know these children so yeah. it's just it's stuff that you, you've already done and um, their aspirations you know that's the sort of conversation you have with them mm. at the beginning when you meet mm. them or beginning of a session mm. you know so it, it's stuff that you'd already have on you mm. know on, on your notes and you'll know that child and yeah we're really just asking for for things that you would already have that information you already have yeah. if they're having other therapies we'll get that advice from them so you wouldn't don't have to include speech and language therapy if you know they're getting it because they'll mm -hmm. have a notification to provide that health advice too so you'll just you know only focus on what you're doing and just yeah. you know give the basic information because that's all you're expected to do we're not expecting kind of you know war and peace and, and <laughs> so yeah it's just really trying to ensure that you know the, the, the concern is reduced and that okay. you know those, those, it's, it's just the needs and the outcomes and provision that makes sense that makes sense i can see dave's got another question yeah just as you were talking about kind of education and, and knowledge and skills of healthcare professionals i just wondered if you can i, I assume you you would you are a supporter of the uh, mandatory training on learning disability and autism that was uh, brought about following the tragedy of oliver, oliver mcgowan's death uh, yeah. and, and i suppose it's whether you've got any kind of comments to share about where that process is up to at the moment and you know how it could support you know people with SCMD. 
Yeah, so that was one of the things I was going, I was going to mention. So thank you for bringing that up, actually, because um, I've got um, so obviously that there's there is that that's just, that's been released recently. Um, that is really really positive training. It really does have a. It's I, I know people that have done it. I've uh, set aside uh, development time for myself next week to to undertake that myself. Um, it has been added to to e-learning. Um, it definitely has been added to mine. Um, so obviously check on on your e-learning to see if, if you've got it on there i think most likely will be on there now um but yeah that is a vital piece of of, of training and um, that would really help uh, because it really does kind of give an understanding of how all all services health education social care need to be kind of integrated need to come together and to provide the best possible care and have that understanding and knowledge mm. and empathy and compassion mm. just, mm. and and really to, to prevent such um, horrible um, kind of situations yeah, and outcomes. outcomes for sure yeah um yeah. but as well as that with the with the um, Oliver McGowan training that's available the southeast regional team mm. um, put together what's called the send training assurance framework and I can send you the links um, for this it's basically uh, on the council for disabled council for disabled children website levels one and two are available so mental health professionals would most likely be doing level two so you don't have to do both uh, level one and two is one or the other um if, if you if you work with children and young people um or anybody uh with mental health concerns then level two would would be your um the, the awareness training to do because then you move on to level three which is oliver mcgowan mm. uh, we in kent and medway have produced a um send guidance for health professionals that's the other half of uh, level three. So you get, that's four hours. So it's two hours for our training that we provide in Kenton Medway. And the other two hours would, would be the Oliver McGowan. Mm. There are obviously other uh, avenues to take for that level three. Mm. And level four is being developed at the moment uh, with the C, uh, Council for Disabled Children. Mm. And that level four would be for uh, like uh, those uh, more um, strategic leaders, uh, such mm. as obviously DCOs and directors mm -hmm. um so obviously that's available on the mm -hmm. council for stable children website um and it's a uh, basic send awareness so it's it kind of expands your knowledge and understanding and there's also training available um on what i just mentioned as well i can send you the link for that on the council for stable children okay. website mm -hmm. and that is all about um how to kind of provide ehcp advice and how to how to how the process works and how you can be uh, the best in in providing that advice to to uh, the local authority brilliant thank you um so what else is coming because obviously there's there's some real drivers for change coming up so what else is is new what else is new in your field so i mean others other than the uh, the new sustainable inspection framework um mm -hmm. you know which which has just come out we that that that's quite quite a few changes there yeah um in terms of how 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 local areas are inspected so i think send is yeah. i think it's the only um only time when a local area is is, is inspected mm -hmm. with health, social care, and education all at the same time. So obviously that that change coming in and early in the year mm -hmm. uh, was massive for us um, in terms of what what we do and and, and how we show um, kind of how we show what we do, I guess, really. And obviously the new mm -hmm. send an AP transformation plan that came out in March mm -hmm. 2023. So that really focuses on inclusion. Like I said, and obviously ensuring that the finances are there, mm. and really trying to empower children and young people to mm. to be able to have the right supports at the right place, 
right support, right place, right time, mm. and to, to ensure fairness and to mm. ensure that their, their aspirations and outcomes can be met. Mm. So recent changes, obviously, you know, we're continuously learning about changes of, you know, from the pandemic. We're having kind of those effects, like I said, about the ADHD medication shortage. We're mm. continuously finding new kind of after effects from that. So we're really just developing with, with with what we're what we're finding and you know with the increasing referrals and with the increase in need we're really just really trying to focus now on the voice of the children and young people and trying to adjust mm. not only to how you know we need to for them but mm. also make it need needs based and needs led not mm. diagnosis based that's good idea yeah i've got a couple of questions come through and they're pretty much the same they're kind of boiling down to saying that there's a lot of learning needs i think a lot of professionals are suddenly twigging that maybe they're up to now their, their development hasn't quite covered this and so they need to get on top of it and that's we'll be tweeting out those links so people can can follow that education up for themselves but also i think there's a, a basic request for any do's and don'ts anything basically that people should be aware of in terms of sem yeah, so obviously the, 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 the don'ts, um, it was the um, not to recommend the HCPs or the educational provisions or educational settings. Um, that's really kind of one of the main ones that we're finding um, that, that mm. you know, it, it kind of decreased and now it's slightly on the rise. Yeah. We just need to make sure that that's yeah. um, stopped. Uh, please, obviously, don't panic. Um, you know, please do seek advice. So one thing that you may find in your organization that you may have a send what's called a send champion so um and it re and this is somebody that you have available to you that can offer you the latest guidance or any support or direct you in any way that you need to go for support and one thing that i'd really encourage you to do is look at the um the what the local offer so every local authority has what's called a local offer yeah. and this is um a place where professionals where parents children young people can all go to find out what is available to them in their local area right. um, and they and every local authority has to have one so they have to have that local offer which gives that information um, and it really is a, a really positive learning experience for for people of you know if they're professionals if they're family members yeah. to understand where, where help what help is available where help is available and to understand processes as well and also um, it, it helps you to, to find to guide parents to what we call uh, parent carer forums and they are um, groups organizations where people advocate for, for families advocate for parents they can get questions answered they can provide advice and they're really positive places where families can go mm. when when they need questions answered when they need advice so um and and they're really positive um and we co-produce with them as well so that's how we ensure and mm. another way that we ensure that children mm. young people and families voices are heard by co-producing with the parent care forums that's really helpful I mean, there's lots of things here that that were quite quite new to me and if I don't know about them I'll imagine there's quite a few people that don't know that much about them so it's really helpful um I'm just looking at so we did write a little list of things we wanted to cover and there's one thing that we I don't think we've touched on yet even though we're kind of running out of time that was seven minute briefings I wondered if you want to say a little bit about that yeah it's, it's just something that we um developed really um obviously we didn't make the idea it's always been there but we we found that People learn differently, and you know that includes health professionals. So we really wanted to try and reach everybody. So yes, we've made um, 
training via PowerPoint and you can attend online. Um, obviously, before the pandemic, you used to kind of deliver it face to face, but that's obviously not always what people want. Mm-hmm. So what we've um, kind of done is introduced um, a way in which we reach health professionals by sending out what's called a seven minute briefing. And it's a pie chart, very similar to a pie chart, where it's got seven triangles cut out of it. And within each triangle is a subject with, you know, around about a minute's worth of of kind of brief learning in it with links to expand. So if if you receive a seven minute briefing, it could take you seven minutes to understand every area. And if you want to increase your knowledge in a certain area, you follow the link. And obviously that can be your protected learning time. That could be any time you like. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really does give people a flavor. And then, uh, oh, yeah, I want to learn about that. And it gives them the opportunity to go in and learn about something. So rather than just say, right, today we're going to teach you about, you know, the early identification notification. That's going to be part of a triangle that someone can go into if they like and expand on. Um, And we've also Mm -hmm. dabbled on podcasts as well. So we've kind of created some audio that, that we've sent out um, that's been on the early identification and notification specifically for health professionals so we're idea. really just trying to increase our learning offer to mm-hmm. allow people to learn as and when they want so you can listen to a podcast on the way to work so you don't even need protected learning time for that mm-hmm. um, you know obviously a lot of people would, would rather listen to the radio don't blame them but you know it gives people that opportunity to to have that extra mm-hmm. um, kind of route to learn um, yeah. and we're really finding that people are kind of responding to that positively so i mean it makes sense doesn't it that being somebody who champions different strategies for learning that you provide different strategies for learning yeah. and i really love the idea i mean i don't know if i've got it in my head right but the idea of a seven minute briefing it's almost like flattening education because normally when you get set on a course it's it's almost like hierarchical and you have to do the thing and then you do the next thing and you do the next thing whereas this allows people to assess actually i know that i know that this is new i need to focus on this yeah. i think that's a really smart way of doing it yeah, it's really good. We, we're really enjoying putting them together and mm. we're finding that people people are engaging with them well. And I mean, yeah, it's just, mm. it's just something nice that we can, it doesn't take us too long to do either. We really mm. can just kind of yeah, find out nice. where the learning need is and then just kind of deliver mm. it to, mm. to, to, to health professionals across yeah. uh, Kent and Medway. It also puts the responsibility back for the learner to pick what they need to know. Instead of yeah. doing that thing, you know, where everyone just clicks straight through the, you know, <laughs> not me, obviously. <laughs> no, I've never people. done that. <laughs> i've said too much (laughs) um let's just uh, we'll get to the end now and i think we've covered everything we need to so it'd be really great to just come to both of you and see if there's anything that you wanted to add and also can we just make a note that it's 42 minutes in and dave hasn't mentioned that he's a health visitor yet so i think that that's something pretty amazing props to dave (laughs) dave health visitor dave yeah i'm I'm a health visitor nicky well i was just about to say it (laughs) (laughs) I, I suppose what I would say is mm. there is lots of information on the Twitter, sorry, the X thread today, because uh, Matthew is really good in terms of coming with a presentation pre-prepared. Mm. So not only have I kind of been sharing the slides as we've been going along tonight, because I've not had to kind of delve too deeply in some of the things he said, it's also meant that I could kind of spend a bit of time delving into other areas that he's commented on. So I'd probably say tonight's one of the bigger X threads that, that I've done alongside an episode so it's definitely worth looking at uh, and I suppose the other thing is Matthew's not on X so uh, I'll still share the link so he can have a look what we've said uh, yeah. but uh, you know Thank just you. To, to kind of highlight that one. And Matthew is there anything you wanted to, to leave people with as an idea? Um, yeah just just the idea obviously you know 
send is everybody's business we can all make a positive impact we we all mm. you know we're all here to 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 have that positive influence on people's lives you know yeah. however in whichever way you can and just a final note to, to to say that i really appreciate how hard everybody's working i understand the struggles and mm. i just want to ensure that you know everybody knows how i feel and that you're all amazing you know and just just keep just keep doing what you're doing keep caring and keep mm. you know We'll, we'll get there and yeah just you're all amazing you know I, I really appreciate how hard mental health nurses work all nurses work but you know obviously yeah we're just, we're just like I said we're, we're a special group of people and, and that should be recognized and everybody's you know really trying hard so mm. that should be recognized if anyone's wondering what that sound is it's the sound of health and social care professionals fainting after being thanked <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you very much for that Matthew and for sharing so much knowledge I actually don't know that much about and I, I can see I've got some learning need to take care of there um next week uh, Dr Emma Wadey and Jane Fisher mental health nurse lecturer and they're publishing uh, uh, talking about their experience as a mental health clinician and service user um and it's an episode I think we'll be covering things around suicide tool kits and resources as well for NHS employees. So just to be aware of that, we'd love you to join us if you're able to do that. So thank you very much, everyone. And particularly thank you to Matthew for taking time out. Um, and good night, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>